clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Welcome into Simultaneous Catch, folks. I am Adam Jeffrey Rossi. And I'm Josh Lapping. We didn't cower from this moment, folks. We did not cower. Both of our teams crushing defeats, and here we are. We're professionals. <laughs> nobody could not say, well, that's, that's a lie. I was to say, nobody can say we're not professionals, but, you know, you can say whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> welcome into the show, folks. Yes, it was... Uh, it was the best weekend in football. I think we can say that, right? Yeah, you know, I give you a hard time for, for that. Uh, I have for the last handful of years, but this weekend truly lived up to that billing, absolutely. It was pretty crazy. And again, you know, we I've talked about before how, you know, sometimes great great comebacks and close endings are super exciting, but that doesn't always make them great games. But I think we really saw a little bit of everything over the divisional round of the playoffs. You know, we saw the... I mean, it was a gritty smash mouth contest between the Titans and the Bengals. Obviously, Joe Burrow sacked nine times a playoff record for somebody who wins. I think it beat out Donovan McNabb. I mean, and then, you know, the crazy ending. And then we saw in the Niners Packers, it was just nobody could really get the ball down the field minus that first drive. Then, of course, the block punts, so there was mistakes. And then you had... The crazy comeback attempt by Tom Brady and I joked and I texted you and I said, should they go for two just to make it 28 to three? And then an hour later, you're like, do you feel a little responsible for this? <laughs> um, they made a comeback. It didn't happen. Matt Stafford, a couple of great throws later to Cooper Cup and boom, they're moving on. And then, of course, the the heavyweight battle between Buffalo and Kansas City just back and forth the whole game, 25 points and the last two minutes and overtime. It, we just a little bit of everything for everybody, and I thought that was that among obviously all the other factors to me is what made it the best is because it wasn't just the same type of game; they were all different in their own right, and they all came down to the final play. Yeah, they were all they were all different. That is a good note, but like you said, you know, four walk off wins that was that was big. It's the first time it's ever happened in NFL history in the divisional round, so super exciting. We're gonna go ahead and get started and get started with Grant Ray recall. <clears throat> and uh, on the show doc, for those of you who don't know, this says Adams bigger than football revant. So and I actually new here. And I in my well, I was gonna do revant to call, which is the one you made up a while back. 
But I was like, it's more of a rant and a rave. It's not really recalling anything. Uh, so I'm calling it a revant. But I wrote something directly after the end of this game. And I was I, I intended to read that. But I went back and it's far too depressing. <laughs> so I'm just gonna talk I'm just gonna share I'm just gonna share my feelings here. Um Life is really hard, guys. And this is again part partially bigger than football. And we tie ourselves to our, our teams and, and the things that we root for. And it's evident when you listen to the show, Josh and I love this sport and we love our teams, right? And there are moments in life when you just get knocked down, right? And then you come back. And then you get knocked down again and you come back. And no matter how many times you get knocked down, you come back. And in this game, there are three or four times that my team, the Buffalo Bills, just got punched in the mouth. And they came back every single time. And the only time they didn't come back in terms of offensively, we'll get into the more technical reasons about this later when we discuss the game, um, was because the offense didn't get another chance to do it. And I am in a really huge transitional part of my life right now. And in a lot of ways, this team is one of the couple of things I always look forward to. One that I can always count on to lift me up. So it was really, really hard to watch this team lose. But I go back to what I said last week on the show. If we're going to lose... I can be okay with it as long as it is both people A-plus games going at it. And that's what it was. This was the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now going toe-for-toe, shot-for-shot, blow-for-blow. And it didn't come It didn't come out our way. And we'll talk about you know more accurate depictions of this game when we dive into it later on. And you know we can debate the whole overtime rules. I have a lot of interesting thoughts on that. Um, but I just wanted to say that, like I said, life, life can be really, really hard. And I still, I still believe in this team. And, and, and I talked about how I, I just mentioned that, you know, this team is, is got me through it a lot, but I don't see this loss as a, they let me down. I just see this as another example of we got knocked down again, but we won't give up. We'll keep going. And so um, ranting and raving about my team that I believe is so, so good. And there's going to be a lot of changes. Uh, Brian Dable just had a second interview. Leslie Frazier just had a second interview. So those guys possibly, probably, probably Dable and even Leslie possibly. Like there's, we have unrestricted free agents, veterans like Mario Addison, uh, Jerry Hughes. We have, you know, people that could be leaving. So there could be changes, but... I love this team. I love our coach. I love our GM. I love our owners. I love the community and Bills Mafia. And it sucks and it really hurts. But I we're we're not going anywhere. And that's what I take away from it is we're not going to give up, and I'm not going to give up. Man, I don't even know what to say to that. That's uh that's deep. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't the uh, this this game this uh loss. I mean, it's technically a loss. I mean, it it is absolutely not a reflection of the Buffalo Bills going anywhere at all. I mean, yeah, it was it was billed as, you know, the the championship game of Super Bowls that we could have possibly wanted to see and it lived up to that and it's two of the best absolutely absolutely best quarterbacks playing right now, but two of the best quarterbacks just in the AFC, possibly the NFL as a whole uh for for their age bracket in right now. So there there there's no reason to 
uh, fret or think, oh no, like this was our this was our chance. I mean, because obviously, I mean, to get this far and to have that opportunity, of course, it is the the chance for this year. But I mean, yeah, the the Bills are just fine, absolutely. And the AFC is stacked, so we'll continue to talk about this. But you've got a guy like Joe Burrow already in the AFC title game in his first full year as a starter. You know, there's still Lamar, who is one of the MVP in this league. There's still Herbert, who didn't even make the playoffs. And Deshaun Watson's going to play football again. We don't know where. But there's a ton of young quarterbacks to be battled. So the, the future of the NFL, I think we're about to enter a new golden age of quarterbacking. Um, I'm very excited about just living in this era. Uh, but that being said, we'll talk. We'll die. We'll go through and recap games and I have got a lot more to say about this game but but that's my that's my revant so I, <laughs> I tip it I tip it over to you my friend all right I, I feel like that's hard to follow when uh, that was so so passionate and it was better than the super depressing poem I wrote I'll say that yikes yikes <laughs> well anyways so I'm going to rant about something that is much funnier and lighthearted in my opinion and it's going to be the world reacting to patty mahomes wife and his brother now i will say i don't know very much about these two i don't i don't even though my job is marketing and social media i don't when i when i get home off the clock i'm not i'm not scrolling through twitter and tiktok and all those things to see jackson mahomes being Funny, or uh, I believe her name's Brittany, isn't it? Brittany Mahomes, I think. I didn't know he was married. I'm terrible at my job. Uh, he is. He has, <laughs> a, he has a child. Whoa, hold on. Did we see this breaking news? I'm sorry to cut you off. Yes, uh, well, you just kind of didn't, go ahead. didn't talk no, about go it. Ahead. We'll talk about that in a moment. It's after right. We'll talk about it in a moment. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> also happened a while ago, Adam. Come on. Get your I just saw the timestamp. I'm sorry, guys. This is uh, Simultaneous Catch. <laughs> yeah, so... Brittany Mahomes. So, anyways, like, yeah, people they they've complained about both of them. I do remember a story about Jackson Mahomes like going to a bar and giving some attitude or something. I didn't like that, but I I just thought what happened this weekend was so hilariously funny. So after the win, she popped a bottle of champagne and like sprayed it out of the booth window, and like it's just people are so upset like i can't even talk about this without getting giddy because i think it's so funny people are like <laughs> like somebody's comment was oh great children in the stadium now have alcohol in their systems like don't do that <laughs> what and i'm like what do you like what? <laughs> they're just looking for reasons to be upset with her and they're like if that happened to me i'd go up there and slap her and i'd throw a beer can at her it's like this is the reason why we like why do we have so much anger in the world that like we're reacting so strongly to this this woman doing this. I can guarantee there's no one in that stadium that minds getting a little bit wet after the amazingness that just happened. And even if there were Buffalo fans that were in that area and in the video it looked very much a sea of red, right? But if there were Buffalo fans, like, you know, I'd be like, oh, what the – I'd probably have an expletive. be like, what the heck's that? And I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to – you know, I had to throw something at her and hurt her. And, you know, I just – the person that was like, there are children that have alcohol in their systems now. <laughs> I, like, I just – but but more so than anything, it just makes – like, there are, like, real serious things going on in the world. Going back to what you said, this is something that we go to for fun and escape and, like, to bring such anger and bitterness and resentment into it. I just don't get it. Like, 
Yeah, I just, I just don't get it. So I wanted to be like, everyone take a chill pill. Like, obviously what happened was super awesome. It was exciting for those fans. Let them celebrate. We don't have to be like, I'd go up and slap her if I saw that. Like, just no. Get out. Don't. Yeah, don't. I, I, you're right. I, I, I totally agree that there are definitely... There's definitely way too much happening, and there's de- in terms of anger and vitriol happening in the world, and this is one of the reasons why social media sucks, is because it just gives people a platform to say really stupid things sometimes, so I don't have any more to add to that, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> but yeah, like, when I when I was reading it, it was like, oh, not, not funny, not funny, talking about violence, and then somebody's like, <laughs> the whole child thing, I was just like, what? Un. Believable. Anyway, PSA from Simultaneous Sketch, folks. Don't give your children alcohol. Anyway. <laughs> Underage drinking is not cool. But, yeah, there is some really large breaking news in the NFL today. That's a big deal. So let's talk about that for a quick moment before we break into this uh, awesome weekend we experienced. Yeah, I just pulled I, – I had pulled up my I, – I bookmark interesting stats and tweets on the Simultaneous Catch's Twitter. Uh, if you're not following, it's at Simultcatch. And I bookmarked them for the show and – I, I was bringing up the bookmarks as you were talking, and I saw Sean Payton officially told the New Orleans Saints he will not be returning. And in in talking with an interview, Ian Rappaport reported that he said his plan right now is to not be coaching in 2022. So he's stepping away from the game. Actually, it was there's another funny quote where he says, "I look and I've never been tailgating before, and those people are having so much more fun than I am having right now." <laughs> um, so apparently. Sean Payne's quitting coaching to go tailgating, but regardless, this is huge news. It is very large news for the New Orleans Saints organization. Right now, the idea is one of those two coordinators are going to step up. Dennis Allen obviously has head coaching experience with the then Oakland Raiders, so he might slide in there. He's been very very prominent on that defensive front and, and leading that charge. We'll see if he steps in or maybe, you know, this is going to be something that we see a total surprise. There are a lot of openings in the NFL right now, a lot of names being thrown out there. We were not, or I at least was not expecting the New Orleans Saints uh, to be in a position to be doing that. But all the reports are that this is not overly surprising for from within the organization, this was something that they kind of foresaw happening. Peyton talked about the trials and tribulations that he went through this year with with COVID continuing and having four quarterbacks that had to come in and, and start for him and the the injuries that occurred. And, you know, honestly, I, I, I'm not saying that, you know, for the first time in a long time, he's had some trials and tribulations because there was a span of time that they went 7-9 and nine with Drew Brees. But Drew Brees, I think, just made his job a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable. So I, I'm not surprised by this. But yeah, I I, I don't think we're going to see Sean Payton uh, retire officially. I just think he's going to spend the year away. I don't know if that means he comes back to New Orleans uh, in 2023, I think that could be a little messy, but he's under contract still for another three years. So there's a lot, a lot of aspects to this story that are really fascinating. Absolutely, and you know, I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're covering the NFL playoffs right now. But I, it's fascinating to talk about just real briefly. And honestly, like I said, I mentioned the quote jokingly about he's like they're having more fun than I am at these tailgates. He's been a coach for a very long time. It, this is not an easy job, right? We. Contrary to the Twitter folks who say, oh, that was a dumb decision. You should have done this. I would have done this. This is not an easy job, okay? (laughs) 
It's a really hard job. It's stressful. There's only 32 people in the entire world that get to have head coach of the of an NFL team on their resume every year. So I, the we I don't think we fully understand the toll that it would take. And you're right. He went on this long run with Drew Brees. Maybe he just wants to take a step back for a little bit. Maybe he wants to go do something else that's more fun and, and more power to him. I know that you and I have talked about Sean Payton a lot on the show and him and Drew Brees and that connection, something that we really liked and, and all that stuff. But uh, there's, there's also a lot of talent on this team. So if it's Dennis Allen or somebody else on that on that staff or, or somebody else coming in, they have a lot of talent on the team. They just got to figure out this Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, or other quarterback situation. Monitoring what goes on with New Orleans is going to be really fascinating as we approach the offseason. Like you just talked about the quarterbacks, we have to see what's going to happen with Michael Thomas, who we didn't get to see at all this year. It's kind of the forgotten man to such a superstar wide receiver, and he just fell off because of injury, and then nobody talked about him. That's going to be really fascinating to see. If he's still around, who obviously becomes the head coach, it's going to be very, very interesting to monitor. And let's not forget one of the teams on Russell Wilson's list that he would allow to be traded to. So it'll be fascinating to watch that as we continue on. But let's break down the greatest weekend in football ever, question mark. A lot of people are asking that question. We're asking that question, too, on the show today. But we're breaking it down chronologically. Number one, Cincinnati at Tennessee. Adam had a plan all Saturday. He was going to go see a movie at 2 o'clock and then be on his couch in his pajamas ready for kickoff. He got to the movie theater. It was closed because we had one inch of snow in North Carolina. I was furious. I was, I was told furious. that you had two. <clears throat> yeah, I was, maybe it was two inches. I don't know. I'm, I don't know the difference between one and two inches. Uh, that sounded really uh, bad. <laughs> but moving on. So, yes, uh, I was disgruntled at the start of this game, but I made cheese fries and I felt a lot better. So, Cincinnati at Tennessee, the number one seed. Derek Henry returning. He did have a touchdown and a pretty heavy workload. Uh, coming on although he was nicked up early in the game and he was out for a little bit but then came back in it was it was kind of all over the place but sacked nine times was Joe Burrow that's more than Donovan McNabb or the 2003 divisional round he was sacked eight times with a win so this is the most sacked a quarterback has ever been in a playoff game and ended up winning the game Evan McPherson quoted talking to Joe Burrow right before the end before he walked out to kick it said quote Looks like we're going to the AFC title game, end quote. Which is pretty pretty awesome. I mean, Evan McPherson has absolutely, in my opinion, already established himself as one of the best kickers in the league in his rookie year. I feel very comfortable and confident saying that I think, I don't think you absurp, uh, I don't know if I just said that word correctly, but I don't think Usurp. you usurp Justin Tucker by any means. I still think Justin Tucker is the best kicker in the league right now. I think he's going to go down as the best kicker in NFL history. But I, outside of Tucker, if I was in a clutch situation, I think uh, this young man has really shown himself thus far. I don't expect something crazy to happen where it's like, oh man, like McPherson can't kick anymore. Like he's had such a bad string because I think he's already proven to be clutch. He's been cool. He's been calm in these big situations. And we're not talking about like a situation where you have three seconds left and you're running out to kick a 30 yard field goal. I mean, like these are 50 yard field goals that he's been converting all year long. So yeah, absolutely. And you know, we, we could talk about Sewell versus Chase at the fifth pick of the draft this year. I certainly was not a fan of it. And this game proved them right and wrong simultaneously. I mean, 
he sacked nine times, but Chase was awesome. He was utilized, you know, coming out of the backfield in certain plays that were fun. There are little pitches. He's used in motion on end arounds. He catches, catches the ball over anybody. It, it's just weird how you can have that debate and both arguments can be right at the same time. But one of my favorites on follows on Twitter and one of my favorites working in the business today, Mina Kimes said, people are still arguing Sewell versus Chase when Duke Tobin landed the god Evan McPherson in the fifth round this year. So <laughs> they had an incredible draft this year. And, you know, this team was in the AFC title game probably two years too early. So there's a, a great future with this team. I want to break down this game, though. It was a miracle that it was only 6 nothing at the beginning of the game because there was a lot of sloppy play throughout this whole game. But especially to start with, you know, interception and, and bad penalties and just bad possessions overall. And it got into the second half, and I was like, "How? what? what is happening in this game right now? <laughs> Right, and I don't want to jump ahead of you about talking about any of that because you're right. It, it was weird. Tannehill comes out and throws a pick on the very first Titan play on offense and, and everything, and and not taking anything away from Cincinnati because they're in the championship game for the first time in, what, like four decades or, or something like that. Uh, they've gone on the road to, to do it. They have took down the number one seed. That's all great and awesome. But this was a game, in my opinion, that – Tennessee just lost. It was awful. Like, and Tannehill, Tannehill lost the game for the Tennessee. Tannehill Titans. was bad. Yeah, Tannehill was. I like, and there are a lot of games where you know I we'll talk about this game next when we do San Fran and Green Bay. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have a touchdown and threw a pick, but I actually thought Jimmy Garoppolo had a pretty good game. He made good throws and good moments. Tannehill was bad. Like he was just flat out bad, and he throws the game losing interception as well. Yeah, I mean you can't throw when your when your defense has a game like that where it sacked Joe Burrow nine times. Like this defense was all over the place. It it did a pretty good job of of limiting those gigantic plays that we've seen the last month from Cincinnati. There were there was only one time that Chase you know caught a five yard pass and took it fifty yards. I think that's a a great job of limiting that because we see how easy he makes that look sometimes. But then, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't throw three interceptions, and you can't, you know, the the key fourth down with that Derrick Henry. You're Derrick Henry. Why are you like trying to act like Le'Veon Bell? Like, let me find the hole. Just put your yeah, head down. One yard. And I don't go it was, go charge at it. I don't. I don't. That that baffled me. And also, I believe the third down play was a QB sneak, and then the fourth down play, he just got stuffed because he was trying to dance around. It was so confusing to me. The, the whole game was confusing because it it was just. A reverse narrative for almost everything. My friend's fortune was wrong because mine was that the Bengals would win this game, but it would be because Joe Burrow had three plus touchdowns and that he just lit it up. And it just was so not that. It started McPherson field goal two in a row in the first quarter, six nothing. In the second quarter, Derrick Henry scored and then they failed the two point conversion. And then McPherson kicked the field goal and a half. It's nine to six, right? In the third quarter, Joe Mixon 16-yard touchdown and then Bullock field goal and then AJ Brown 33-yard touchdown. AJ Brown by the way was freaking awesome in this game. Like he was he was making 
I, I have a play that he made that I wrote AJ Brown and just drew a really terrible stick figure with his mouth and jaw hanging open. Um, it was how you do that with the stick figure. It's pretty bad actually. I it, I don't. That's how. Um, but it was sixteen to six until very late in the third quarter, and then Bullock had the field goal, and then of course the AJ Brown touchdown just before the fourth quarter tied it up at sixteen, and nothing happened in the fourth quarter but the field goal with with time expiring. So it was just it was all over the place. And credit to like you said, credit to to Cincinnati. They ended up. You know, pulling the game out, but nine sacks for a total of 70 yards loss is just crazy as compared to only one sack for Tannehill. That's the other thing is that it wasn't as if Tannehill was running all over the yard and couldn't, you know, have time to throw. He was just bad, and it was just bad. I, I don't know what to say about that. When you have a team that you sacked, not only sacked them nine times, but there were, they had six penalties for 50 yards as well. I mean, the Bengals were practically giving this game to them and and Tennessee couldn't do it and Tennessee is kind of known for winning these types of games right they don't beat themselves it's going to be really fascinating to see what happens because I don't necessarily think they're going to move off of Tannehill this year because he has obviously taken them to the playoffs the last handful of years he's been to the championship game just two years ago and whatnot was a fairly he was a stable leader when Henry went down and those interceptions were not a problem before this game but I just don't think Tannehill is the answer to get the Titans to the ultimate goal where they need to go I think maybe Titans Titans fans probably don't disagree with me right at this moment because it stings and hurts I think Titans brass inside the office is probably Tannehill's our guy but I just I think long term obviously he's getting older and everything but i just don't think he is the guy to get you to the promised land about 30 percent of their drives they went less than 10 yards and one of those drives was negative six yards in three plays it was just bad i mean i i don't have much else to say about that and you know now we actually get a really fun uh rematch between the Bengals and the Chiefs in the title game. Obviously, I'm upset because the Bills, I wanted the Bills there, but this that'll be a really fun matchup. We'll talk about the heading up, but um, yeah, two game, two teams facing each other that are coming off very different wins. We'll see what happens in the offseason for Tennessee, and you're right. I don't expect them to move on from Tannehill either, um, but Tennessee's going to be a weird team to predict next year, that's for sure. All right, let's get to the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. I just, I remember texting you. It was the first drive, and I was like, well, this is over, right? This is going to be a 40-point win by Green Bay. It was perfectly dialed up. They couldn't stop them. And then nobody scored. Just nobody could score. And I was like, all right, <laughs> defense. And Adrian Amos had a pick, and I texted you our, you know, our annual playmaker thing joke when he got the haha Clinton Dick swap between him and Adrian Amos. And then I just, it is, I have a tweet here that I bookmarked and it says a live look at, uh, um, at the Packers special team coach next week. And it's a picture of a guy making sandwiches at McDonald's. And I just, how can you, how can you lose in the exact way that everybody said that's how you would end up losing? I just, what is going on with the special teams, dude? Like, I I feel bad for you. And I was texting you, and I was like, I feel this really hurts me too because I wanted them to win, and, and it, I I get sad when you get sad. But like, what the heck's happening, man? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly was disappointing to lose in that way. And and you can blame the special teams or point to that being the, the big momentum changer, the block kick, the block punt, the block field goal that they had before the half and everything like that. But it, it goes well beyond that. No team really played a, a very good game in my opinion, but... You know, it. I, I'm, I'm very, very, very critical of the Packers in this one. This was this was not good. I, I came on last week and, and criticized Cliff Kingsbury and said that there was no plan put in place uh, in the Arizona Rams game. And I feel very, very similar about Matt before in this one. I think this is one of the worst games I've seen him coach in a long, long time. Earlier this season, I even talked about how the Packers have been notorious for getting to slow starts, but they've rebounded and they've adjusted. It was the complete opposite in this one. They came out and the script worked perfectly, and then they had no answer. I was upset with McFleur, uh, Matt LaFleur for that. I was also really upset for with Aaron Rodgers in this one because it was Devontae Adams or bust in this game, and that was extremely disappointing to see. I understand that the 49ers brought a big pass rush I believe they sacked him four times I get it you can get happy feet and want to go to your guy because you have that chemistry and that uh comfortability with him but they he, he just locked on it at times for Devonte, and it was just obviously not the answer and so that was really disappointing I thought that was really critical of Aaron Rodgers in that one and you know um I I feel not just as a fan but I you know sometimes in my opinion the Better teams in NFL games don't win. In my opinion, Green Bay was the better team on Saturday night, but they didn't win the game. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. But, you know, so that that's a thing. But there there's a ton of blame, obviously, not just to go about the special teams, which are like, oh, like, you can definitely point your finger and, and scream at that. But it was just I was upset with the coaching. I was upset with the quarterback play. There were a few injuries, and I, I you don't want to blame injuries, but I think having A.J. Dillon go down as early as he did was big. That was a bummer not to see him out there for for the second half and a portion of the first half, but you can't just put it solely on that because Aaron Jones ran well, but they just didn't have a lot of opportunities to do so. Yeah, I haven't followed advanced analytics for a very long time, so I'm still new to EPA, expected points added. But this has got to be a record for a team to win with such a – the 49ers EPA total on offense was negative 11.56, which is a massive number. <laughs> I don't even know it's what a, that means. <laughs> it's a ma- it's, what you need to know is it's a massive number, actually. Uh, to expected points added, that means that they – their total EPA, they, were, they, they played so poorly that they took a possible 12 points off the board for themselves. That's how terrible it was. Um, and like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo was not great in this game. I don't like to make no mistake. I wasn't trying to say that, but there were times where like this stat line doesn't look great, but there were times Jimmy made some throws, right? He made some throws in, in, in good moments and key moments, but they didn't score an offensive touchdown the whole game in one. I mean, the Packers defense was lights out and it was sloppy all the way. So coaching comes into question, but you're right to criticize Aaron Rodgers. It falls on him and it, it sucks because he's your guy and it's your team. And I love Aaron, rooting for Aaron Rodgers, even though I think he's a dope, but I, it's just, he, the last couple of years, what has it been? Uh, we got to get one of these at home. Uh, oh, we got a defense now, right? It's just all these things. And he had everything, right? He had it in Lambeau with the snow, with a great defense, playing at the top of their game in the season with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And it's just, he couldn't get it done. And I am, again, 
We will have Aaron Rodgers watch covered. I promise, guys. It'll be on simultaneous catch. But I, I have no idea where where it goes from here. Cause that the you know they made the joke on Get Up that Aaron Rodgers may own the Bears, but his owner might be the 49ers in the playoffs now. Zero and four. <laughs> now zero and four. It's just. It was rough, man, and I, I felt bad the whole time, and I, I was just thinking about you, and I went to FaceTime you for, like, the last possession. I was like, I want to see what happens, and I was like, I'm glad we didn't connect on that FaceTime because I don't know if I would have – it would have made me really sad to see your reaction to the end. <laughs> oh, I – well, first of all, I, again, apologize, but texting and, and, and whatnot with you, this isn't important. This has nothing to do with the show, but uh, with my internet TV, you're technically ahead of me, so I put my phone away during uh, games because you like, text me you're like, oh, big play, and like, I yeah. want to like see the play myself, so I didn't even no, see right. your FaceTime messages until after. <laughs> That's but... fair. That's fair. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, I thought about that because my so mom So whenever was... there's a commercial break, I'm like, oh, text Adam, here we go, and then I'm like, put right. it away, and... That makes more sense now. But I remember my mom was texting me, and her TV was ahead of mine during the Bills game. And I was like, first of all, Mom, when are you? When was the last time you ever watched a Bills game? <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, you got us. I was like, you got to wait like a solid thirty seconds after you want to text me to text me because you cannot ruin a part of this for me. <laughs> um, regardless, regardless, yeah, I mean. It's fascinating, and now the 49ers are back in the title game after we questioned them and Shanahan the whole season. Here they are back in the NFC title game in a in a three-peat, another three-peat in this. Oh, it's just rematch after rematch this NFL playoffs and a three-peat between the Niners and the Rams. It's It should be pretty, pretty wild. Uh, anything else you want to add on, on this game, pal, before we move on to the next one? No, yeah, I feel, feel pretty okay. All right, that takes us to Sunday of the divisional round. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Los Angeles Rams. And somebody tweeted before this game, they were like, no team has ever won a home Super Bowl, and the Rams are one game away from, from the title game before they can make it. I was like, did we all just forget the Bucks won last year? <laughs> like, you know, it was a big storyline. Regardless, this was a blowout, dude. It was in the third quarter. It was twenty in the third quarter. Stafford had a one-yard rush to make it twenty-seven to three, with seven minutes left in the third quarter, and then it was suck-up field goal, Fournette touchdown, Evans touchdown, Fournette touchdown, and then all of a sudden it's twenty-seven twenty-seven, and everybody's freaking out. And then of course Matt Stafford two clutch throws to end the game. It was this was like absolutely fantastic i and uh they asked um matt stafford after the game somebody said to him on the sideline man because he had like a a crazy dark facial reaction he said one of his teammates came up to him and said quote man you were in a dark place and matt stafford responded sometimes you got to go to those places and he just came out and made two great throws they moved right down the field and again like i said cup got free on that last play like of course he did, and you can't let that happen as a defender. But to, for Stafford to throw that off his back foot with a guy on his face and get that there in that moment to win the game against Tom Brady, who's surging, that's a hard thing to do, man. And it was it was pretty awesome. I think that he didn't shut everybody up because he made some mistakes in this game, but he was pretty great, and I think he silenced a, a heavy um, section of his haters in this game. This game was pretty darn nuts because we got to see the the Rams come out and 
be amazing. And then we got to see Tom Brady do his thing. And then the the questions about the whole McVay being perfect until this year on his halftime leads. And are we going to see the same thing we saw in week 18 that allowed the 49ers to get into the game and win and get into the playoffs? Is that going to happen here? And for Stafford to do that, I... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I mean, absolutely credit to Matthew Stafford for for getting the ball there and whatnot. But I, it would be it would be pretty. I mean, would would Matthew Stafford still have a job if he like overshot Cup when he was wide open? I mean, like yes, absolutely credit to get the ball there. And you're talking about the, but this is also you know it was a former first round pick. The guy was has the talent. It was never about that. But I think the the critics come from you know allowing a, a 24 point comeback because you 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 weren't the only one that fumbled but you did have your turnover there and the massive chaos of of all of that there aren't many times that i think the nfl is you know uh i don't want to say rigged i think rigged is a very extreme word but scripted and i was like it that's it you know it this is the hollywood tale right here i mean cooper cup touches the ball what like 200 times this year and doesn't fumble and then like oh we gotta get tom back in the game oops like what <laughs> That's a good point. And I had texted you too, true during it as well, the same way I did during the 49ers-Cowboys game, but this game was drunk too. It was all over the place. And then Akers fumbles twice, and I mean, it, it, I mean, it was nuts. And I, and I have fun stats of, like, Van Jefferson was the target on the first drive for the end the end zone. I was like, what are you doing? That's so weird. Uh, and they had the um, – the third and 20 touchdown to cup and like he made a really fun move on the play, but he was wide open. I have no idea why like he was doing that. And then the Indomitian Sue Indomitian Sue. I was going to say a swear word complaining to refs about somebody possibly kicking him <laughs> is the most ironic thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I shut up. <laughs> I just, that was funny. That was enjoyable. Um, and then I like I hated some of the field goal decision calls. And I'm, of course, like they ended up tying the game. Did Bruce Arians? But it was twenty-seven to three, and he was like, "I'm gonna kick the field goal here." And I was like, "What do you like? This makes no sense." And then all of a sudden, they're all the way back. That Tampa Bay, they rallied, and that's that's awesome. But they had a ton of opportunities to come back in this game. And they missed half of them and still made it back. So you're right. If 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 the Rams lose this game, there's definitely a lot to throw on the shoulders of of everybody. Akers, McVeigh, Stafford. But nevertheless, they pull it out. And now we're looking at the first conference title game in 12 years that won't feature Brady or Rodgers. So two guys getting knocked out in 24 hours of each other is pretty nuts. And this game was that as well. It was funny. I talked a lot about Bill Simmons on the show because he's one of my favorite podcasts. He tweeted at six o'clock on on Saturday, so there's like about and four minutes left in the game. And Simmons said, "I think this is the last four minutes of football ever for both Brady and Gronk." And then minutes later, he goes, "Update: the first minute of these four have been fun." And then update: second of the four minutes also incredible. <laughs> it was just there are four minutes left, and they were down seven or fourteen points. And found a way to make it a game still. And I don't have a ton more to say about that. It was just insane to watch happen. It was a ton of fun. It was a good game. It was a good game to get that uh, Sunday started for sure. That leads us to the Bills 
in Kansas City against the Chiefs. The win probability of this game was Buffalo about 60% all the way until end of second quarter, beginning of third quarter. Then it spiked back over over 60 to the Chiefs, then back to us. And then it was between 60 and 80% for the Chiefs all the way up until the end of the fourth quarter where it went up to 90% back and forth between Buffalo and Kansas City four separate times. I I I was speechless <laughs> for half this game, dude. I was I was 25 combined points in the last 2 minutes in overtime is the is the second most combined points in the last 2 minutes of regulation of any game uh in the Super Bowl era. Wait, that's uh, been done so- before? What? What was that? Oh my god. Yeah, this ESPN Stats and Info says uh, is the second most in the last two minutes. Uh, the most is 28 points by the Vikings and Ravens in 2013. Oh, my gosh. I don't remember that at um, all, but that would have been. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Oh man. Uh, but it's also the first playoff game where opposing quarterbacks each threw for 300 passing yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. It's the first playoff game where opposing teams completed 70% of their passes with at least 35 attempts both quarterbacks led their teams in rushing which is only the second playoff game to do so since 1950 so it could have been the best quarterback duel of all time um and i just i have so many things written about this game man including the the fourth and 14 where i had totally given up and he throws the touchdown which was our longest fourth down conversion in five years and just the, the playoff rules and all of this stuff. And I have thoughts about it because I'm assuming you'll bring it up and we'll talk about it. But you talk now. <laughs> I, can't. Hey, I don't I don't even I don't know where to begin. So I'm really curious about these notes that you took because this game truly was just so fun. It absolutely lived up to to the star billing that it was received heading up to the game and, and everything. It was it was so exciting to to have those that two-minute surge, it was just, it was crazy, and, you know, you can obviously go back and forth about some of the so-called errors that, you know, Buffalo made with that, with the handling of that kickoff with the 13 seconds and the defense in the 13 seconds. I don't really, really put much into that at all because I think, you know, those, what you said earlier, those are the armchair coaches and everything saying like, why'd you do that? And I, I, I think it, there's very logical explanations as to why those decisions were made and whatnot, but boy, it was just fun. And, and I, I, I want to hear your thoughts and we can talk more deeply about the game for, for, you know, probably it a was, good portion of this. So it was mostly fun. And I will say this. Is it really, is it not the most Buffalo Bills, Adam Rossi thing ever that my two favorite, ga- two of my three favorite games I've ever watched, both of them were losses? The oh, Both of them were overtime losses, one to your team that we went to on Christmas Eve, and now this one. They're two of my favorite games I've ever watched Bills play, <laughs> and they're both losses. Um, I thought it was really funny. My first note on this game was. Uh, Jim Jim Nance going and they have to punt on their first drive since oh, oh no and they went for it on fourth down and they ended up scoring and I I posted this I was like they like that you play to win the game right they were they were going for it at all these times and it was working and they kind of backed off a little bit um and it was just Buffalo's D held strong in very key moments near the end of the game before the surge that you know they held them to field goals in the second half 
uh, in the third quarter. Uh, they held them to a field goal in a key moment where we had to score and we were down. And then again in the fourth quarter before um, before the one Davis Davis touchdown that gave us the lead, 29-26. to, to 26. We also held them to a field goal right on the drive before that. So, like, in key moments, defense did show up, and then it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I want to make this very clear. I have actually never really been on the you need to change the overtime rules thing, and I'm not about to come on here and say, we lost because of the overtime rules. No, I'm not that guy, right? Those are the rules, and we lost, right? But if you're going to be the person who says, you need to make a stop, then you also need to admit that the game is that the rules are bad that they're terrible because you can't come on here and say oh well you need to make a stop and then not also acknowledge i guarantee you if buffalo wins the coin toss that they score a touchdown i guarantee it with the way both those quarterbacks were playing and then we would have been saying the same thing about kansas city so that inherently proves that the rules are not good and i didn't plan to come on the show and, and talk about that but tell me that that makes sense right what i just said makes sense right uh, uh, I actually don't know if I think it makes sense. I mean, if, I, if Kansas I City's if Kansas City's defense was was forced to take the field first, we would have also scored a touchdown. So really, it came down to who won the coin toss. Sure, and oftentimes it does. So my my point here is that tails failed, which is bull, <laughs> um, and also a crazy two three crazy stats. Josh Allen in career coin tosses where he's actually called the coin toss was 9-0 and coming up till this point. 9-0. and He missed both calls in this game because he called tails twice. Since the playoff rules were changed uh, in 2011, teams that go into overtime in the playoffs with these new set of rules are 10-1 and when they win the coin toss. Again, we lost this game. I'm not on here to say that, you know, you know what I mean? the rules need to be changed because we lost. I think that they need to be different because the stats are overwhelmingly against the spread, to my opinion. Yeah, uh, so here we go. Here's my I don't know football confession. I thought the rules were changed. Um, I I mean, I guess they technically were, like that the field goal no longer wins the game. And yeah, that was the rule change in 2011 was the field goal thing. I, I really thought in the last handful of years that there was something, and I it felt I, I was so baffled because like you texted me like tails failed, I, it doesn't matter. Like even the ref comes out, he's like, we're starting a brand new game. I was yeah, like, that's yeah, that's been, what we're doing. And I that's was like, been spread around a lot when he said that, and they were like, no, it's not. Because <laughs> I was like, I just I really thought for some reason that they did, but I agree. I don't think you know this is the rule. It, it is what it is, and it's been that way. There, there are four times in the last 10 years at least in playoff games that this has happened. It's happened to the Packers twice. It happened to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs three years happened ago. To Drew, happened to Drew Brees and the Vikings a couple years ago. So, I mean, it's it's more likely than not going to change. I get that people – I mean, I think it would be fun to – I saw something online where it was like how the game should have ended. And it was like 136 to 144 because <laughs> it would be fun if both teams just played until they couldn't score – and if they do that, then that's great. But we've seen this year in and year out. I get that this was a really high-profile game where offenses were scoring left and right, especially the the flurry that we saw at the end, which propelled so much emotion and whatnot. But I don't think the NFL is going to change the rule. Well, and I mean, I don't, I don't. If I'm being honest with you, I don't really want the 
just keep scoring until it's over thing either because I don't want the 100 to 100 game. There have been a lot of different types of rules thrown out. Like I, I, I've liked a lot of things. Uh, Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football suggested you play a 10-minute quarter and whoever's winning at the end of the quarter wins and every time you score a touchdown, you have to go for two so that gives it more parity. It's like that's kind of fun. Or There was the one where it was – you know, whoever wins the coin toss, one team gets to decide where the possession starts from. The other team decides if they want the ball or not. I, that's kind of a fun, fun thing because there's gamesmanship there, right? There's parity there. I just, there are four, here's the thing. There are four instances in the NFL, in, in the history of the game, where a quarterback completing at least 70% of his passes, throwing for 300, 300 or more yards, and rushing for 300 or thirty or 50 or more yards in a playoff game. There's only four times that's happened. 70% completion, 300-plus passing, 50-plus rushing in a playoff game. Three of those performances were by Josh Allen, okay? And the other one was from Pat Mahomes. Both And both of those were in this game, right? So, like, to end the game the way that it did was fair, but just totally unsatisfying. And of course, I'm the Bills fan, and it's everything that I say is going to sound like it's slanted or biased, and it partially is. But it was just so unsatisfying because to for the way for the way the game was headed, just to undercut it with "Oh, by the way, it's over," was just eh, it left a bad taste in my mouth for more reasons than one. But especially because I was like, "This isn't how a game this historic should end." Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I hear you. I don't necessarily agree. I mean, that's just the 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 nature of the game. I think, you know, plenty plenty of fans have been there and and, and felt that way. And but it just kind of is what it is, you know. It is, and you know what? We'll move on because we'll just talk circles around this, and I'll just get more upset. One last thing I do want to say is that if anything else. I am extremely proud of my team, and I love my quarterback on this team. When Josh was asked about it, in the heat of the moment, other quarterbacks have said worse things. He said, quote, the rules are the way that they are, and I can't complain about that because if it was the other way around, we would be celebrating too. It is what it is at this point. We didn't make enough plays tonight. And it's depressing to hear a quarterback that had one of the best quarterback performances in a playoff game ever say, we didn't make enough plays tonight. But that being said, I, I really loved his reaction, and I'm really glad that he's under contract with us for, for years to come. So Heck yes, absolutely. I also feel like we need to tip our caps to Patrick Mahomes. I I, I love oh, the, boy. Yeah. the way, not only for his performance on the field, but you know after after that game, he goes and celebrates real quick with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, but then he immediately goes down and, and talks to Josh Allen. I, I, I absolutely loved that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And, you know, they've talked about being friends and and being buddies outside of the game, which is pretty cool, too. So, again, tough, but uh, still pretty darn awesome game, even though I've, I've been depressed for three days. But it's fine. Moving on. We're on to the AFC and NFC Championship Games. Championship Sunday. I believe the first one is Casey Cincy, if I'm not mistaken, at 3 o'clock on CBS. Followed by 6 o'clock, the Los Angeles Rams hosting the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if it's because my team lost. I'm not as excited about this weekend as I thought I would be. <laughs> but yeah, a I little am, bit. A little bit of I, that fandom showing there. I am, I am hoping for another 
a really awesome game between the Bengals and the Chiefs because it was awesome in the regular season. Um, and I know there's going to be drama in the NFC title game too, but let's talk about this first one, Joe Burrow. And again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. It's his second year, but it's only his first full year starting the whole year. And he's in the AFC title game facing Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs are humming. And the Bengals kind of hobbling a little bit. What do we think? I'm glad that you point that out because, you know, the the Bengals are in the, the championship game when teams like, I don't even, the Bills or I don't think there's necessarily a team hotter than the Bills that didn't make it this far. But they're there and, you know, you can say that they deserve to be there because they're there. But I do think they have kind of, I don't want to say they've limped in because they haven't, but they haven't, you know, they didn't put up 38 points to, to, to miraculously get here. You know, they had their interception at the goal line to, to finish off their first game. And then they snuck off uh, last week on the, the last second field goal. And that is all good. I wouldn't say either of those are the, oh my gosh, like that was just completely amazing. Like they stamped the book. They absolutely closed it on that team. Like that team had no chance whatsoever. So I'm glad that you say it that way because they deserve to be there. Joe Burrow has become Joe Cool and and all these things that people are just, he's, you know, he's the new, the next generation of Chuck Norris jokes that are happening right now. And that's, that's great. But this is going to be a, a huge challenge and if you go back to the the game against Kansas City I don't remember which week it was 16 17 I think it was it was 17 because they got to take the the following week off in week 18 there were a, a lot of those times where I've said this about the Bengals a handful of times that Joe Burrow checks it down for for five yards or two yards and then Chase takes for 70 that happened like four times against the Chiefs and I guarantee that the Chiefs are going to try everything in their power to be like, well, we've got to tackle this guy, and then we're going to get it. Because Jamar Chase, in my opinion, not Joe Burrow, destroyed the Chiefs the first time. Will that happen again? It's going to be pretty darn tough. Yeah, it'll be really fun. I, like I said, I hope that it is a back-and-forth contest similar to, to Buffalo Cincy. But also, again, they just did this handful of weeks ago near the end of the season, and, and you hope it's that. But being sacked nine times is so tough. And Casey's defense is not Tennessee's defense, but they've got players on this team. We talked about Ingram, and they've got their rookie Nick Bolton, who's pretty darn good, and Chris Jones. Like They've got players on this team. Um, and make no but, mistake, it didn't necessarily reflect in, in stats or anything, but they made Josh Allen's job hard. And no offense to Joe Burrow, but he does not have the athleticism of Josh Allen to be out there just rolling around doing everything. I mean... Joe Burrow can do a good job of, of skirting the pocket, running to the right, and connecting with somebody. But to do all the magic that Josh Allen did, like that's not going to happen. No, very good point. Very good point. So I guess what do we see as you know a key? A, what does each team need to do to win? And then I mean, who do we think is going to win? I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs in this one. I think they get back to their third consecutive Super Bowl. What it comes, what what Cincinnati needs to do to win is feed their playmakers, and that's not only Jamar Chase. I mean, that is also T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd has been absolutely just an unsung hero in in times of need. They they need to get those guys the ball really fast, in my opinion, because they can't allow the situational football to happen of of being in those long distances because I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs will uh, be susceptible to that. I don't think they're going to give the 
the Bengals opportunities the way the Titans did in in those interceptions and short fields and good kick returns there were a lot of times the Bengals were starting the ball or the field at like the 40 or beyond I don't think that's going to happen in this one and in it's it's silly it's what I said was a key to victory for the Packers and for the most part they did it but they still lost the game is Kansas City just needs a tackle like I said week 17 yeah Jamar Chase had like what 300 of his 360 yards were yards after the catch. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> so, That's very you know, true. Kansas City just can't let that happen. I think they're they'll be okay with that. I don't know if I want to pick this game because if I say the Bengals, then I'm the the Bills hater who's still upset about it. And if I say the Chiefs, then it's like boring because we both picked the Chiefs. I will say this. So for the Chiefs, it's much the same. Did you, say this, wait, did you pick the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl? No, I didn't. My my preseason playoff or Super Bowl was Browns versus Rams. So the so Rams <laughs> well, could still the, happen. We got the Rams opportunity. Rams yeah. could still happen. So maybe um, we can just combine our like we can like mesh right our Super Bowl mesh, picks. mesh our picks. Yeah. Um. So for the uh, for the Chiefs, it's business as usual, right? Get your ball to your playmakers. Get it to Kelsey and Hill, and get McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire involved. They've both been very good out of the backfield for them. And, you know, get to Burrow when you can, because if you can't get to him, he's going to get it to his playmakers. And very similar for you, but just kind of a different way of saying it for me. I think that the key to the Bengals winning is a great game plan by Taylor. I think that Zach Taylor and this offensive staff have to devise a great game plan to keep Burrow as clean as possible and, like you said, get it to their playmakers. So I think they need to protect long enough. And I think if they do, then this will be a close game. And just for fun, I'm going to pick the Bengals because I'm going to root for them, not because I'm bitter, but because I'm really bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Tyron Matthew still remains in concussion protocol. That will be be a big playmaker out there on the field if he's out there and a big... A big sore spot, in my opinion, if he is not out there. So it will be huge. We'll have to monitor that right. week. So we're splitting in terms of the narrative and for the narrative only. But <laughs> moving on to the NFC title game, we've got. Is it typical that the NFC title game is second, or does it just depend on the matchup? I don't really know. But in my no, head, I don't I'm think always... it's typical. It was flip flop last year. NFC okay, okay. First. It must just because it's in LA that for a time zone thing. Could but be. regardless, regardless, we have. The L.A. Rams hosting the San Francisco 49ers. We have the three-peat in a game week 17 match, week 18, sorry, matchup game 17, that the Rams were ahead by a lot, and they let the 49ers crawl back in, win, and get in the playoffs when it would have been the Saints and the now possibly retired Sean Payton in the playoffs instead of the Niners had they lost. But here we are, man. Stafford has won two straight playoffs games with the Rams, and he's can continue to, to stunt some of the narrative against him about not being able to come up in the big moments and being a clutch quarterback and winning these playoff games because it took him 13 years to win his first. But this, is, to me, is a pretty favorable matchup for him against the Niners and kind of hobbled Jimmy Garoppolo, who is prone to mistakes. He made a couple in, in the game against the Packers. But, I mean, both defenses are pretty good, too. Yeah, there, there are this. This is the game that I don't want to pick because I think there are so many fun narratives either way that it's like, oh, like both of these, both of these things create fun storylines if 
my pick in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs win. Obviously, you have a rematch of the Super Bowl two years ago, or you have a rematch of the the magical. Was it was it a Monday night game when there was over a hundred points mo- between it, the Chiefs? It was and the a Rams. Monday night game. So yeah, we watched that together. That would be, that'd be really cool too. You know, this is finally time to see if McVay can get over Shanahan. Shanahan is undefeated against Sean McVay when they've been in this rivalry. It's gonna be, it's just gonna be really fun because I, I don't know if it comes down to the quarterbacks in this one, and that might be weird to say. I think this might be a battle of the head coaches. It might not. Yeah, it might not. The game better because both defenses, you're right, are lights out. San Francisco. It, it, it's weird to say because they. LA has so much firepower as in Donald and Miller and Floyd, but I kind of credit their backfield or their defensive backfield. When I think of their playmakers, I definitely think of Jalen Ramsey first, but I think about the 49ers defensive front. So it's going to be, you know, it's just exciting. I I'm, I'm, a, I'm at a loss of words because I don't think, I think this is a super exciting. I love that. It's NFC West showdown divisional rivals. I like that Arizona is coming out and being like we're we're PO'd because this happened and <laughs> I just think I think it's really exciting that these two guys that were on the same coaching staff and have this uh, lopsided rivalry against each other it, it's it's put up or shut up time for LA now so it's exciting for LA I think it does come down to Stafford and McVay I think it comes down to the game plan against this defense I do think that that sort of Play action, zone read, West Coast vibey, go down the field kind of offense can work against this type of pass rush where you can roll out Stafford out, move the pocket a little bit to the left or the right, and then just bomb down the field. And I think that that's, I think that fits them. I think it can work. I'm just, I'm worried about Jimmy G in this game. I'm worried about him getting the ball to Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. And all that against this Rams defense with Ramsey and Donald and Leonard Floyd's See, but playing I, great. I don't. And, I don't know if I – so how did the game against – how did the Tampa game start? They were running with the ball with Fournette, and he was picking up 10 yards a, a chunk. and then the, Right, his first two plays were 10-yard runs. He decided to stop doing that. I tell you, Kyle Shanahan's not going to do that. So I think Kyle Shanahan and they have seen the Rams defense be exploited at time against the run both times that they have played the 49ers, just for example. So, you know, I do think – that if this 49ers defense can be just a little opportunistic and force Stafford into one of those mistakes, they're just going to play keep away from Stafford. So I, I definitely hear you, Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford. They need to be the need to be on, but I feel like Kyle Shanahan might just say like, "Oh, you're not going to get the opportunity to do that." I think if the if the Rams win, I think the the way that they end up winning is Stafford was hot again. Stafford had another great game, and they were able to force Jimmy into maybe one one maybe two mistakes to to win the game. And if the 49ers win, I think it's much of Debo dominated. Kittle made a couple huge plays here or there, and Jimmy kept the ball clean for the most part. That being said, between those two narratives, the one I find more likely is the Rams. So I am going to pick the Rams. This means that my Super Bowl is Rams Bengals. <laughs> Not because I'm better, because I'm very bitter. Very bitter. Yes. You will <laughs> I will I will say, pal, as as you get more more used to this, you will you will lose that. It'll like it'll listen, become, you know you're easier. That's a really good point too that I didn't bring up earlier is that I've gotten a lot better with my reactions to to Buffalo losing over these past couple of years. I really have. 
I just when you lose in such heartbreaking fashion so many times, it's real. I mean, Buffalo is now zero two on the road when Josh Allen has thrown a game uh, game winning touchdown in the last minute of the game. Zero two because we lost the Cardinals one last year and this one now. So again, like when you lose in such heartbreaking fashion, it's hard. But that's a comforting thought. I just want to win one in my lifetime. Regardless, I'm I not bitter. Uh, I'm not bitter. I'm really bitter. Go you're going to see the Buffalo Bills <laughs> win here pretty darn soon, in my opinion. With all that being said, I am also picking the Rams, but I'm kind of rooting for the Niners for the narrative of the team that had to claw their way in. You know, in October, we're like, this team's done. We're putting a fork in them. They stink. They just had their turn around. They have to win Week 18 to get in. They are the the. I understand they're no longer the lowest seed because of the added seventh seed, but you know we love the narrative of the sixth seed that gets their way in, and then against all odds, everyone's like, "Yeah, this is going to be an easy game. We're going to get it." And then they they go and do that. We we saw that even. I mean, we've seen it twice with Eli. We saw it with Aaron Rodgers when he won his first Super Bowl. It's just it's exciting to root for that quote unquote underdog. I don't know. I I think it'd be fun to see the 49ers get there. Yeah, absolutely. I that's a I don't really mind either NFC team. And honestly, I'm gonna be guys, I part of this is an act. I am actually really bitter, but part of this is an act. I'm not gonna be depressed if Patrick Mahomes goes to the Super Bowl and wins. I just have to avoid Nick Wright that week. That's it. But <laughs> outside of that, I I I really have no sway here or there emotionally between Rams Niners I will actually really love like you said the narrative for both I just think Rams are the better team and that's why I'm picking them and of course I'm gonna root for the Bengals because I think that's a fun story and because like I said it's not it's fun to see the team that beat you lose in my opinion but I'm not gonna care if the if the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl and you're right it would be fun to watch Chiefs 49ers rematch or also Chiefs Rams rematch of that huge game. It's just the Rams have a better quarterback now, right? So I'll love it either way. But uh, as it stands between the two picks to Josh and I, I have Bengals Rams and Josh has Rams Chiefs. So should be pretty crazy either way. Uh, Only, I just wanted to make sure, only one quarterback can get their second ring in this round, though. If if, uh, Mahomes gets knocked out, Every other quarterback's playing for their first ring, which is pretty fun. Um, anything else we want to add before we move on? I am feeling A-OK about that. Pick. All right. I do have a couple cold reads for you today. And a lot of these things we'll get into more detail in the offseason. But initial first reactions, cold read number one, is Aaron Rodgers coming back next year? And is it with the Green Bay Packers? Oh, so that that is kind of twofold. Um, I'm going to say yes to both. I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers playing for another team. I don't think that is going to happen. I think he's much more likely to retire than go somewhere else. I think the the situation is just set up for Aaron Rodgers best in, in Green Bay, and I realize that there is going to be a, a lot of change right now. I actually don't even want to say a lot of change because I don't think it's necessarily as much as it initially appears like it could be. But I do think... Yeah, I, I don't think he retires, and I don't see him going somewhere else because there there are just so many situations. You know, he's he was very honest and clear after after the game, and you know I appreciated that he put the blame on on himself. He didn't divert and be like, you know, it was Lafleur, and he 
kicked a field goal when we should have gone for it on fourth down, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I actually totally agree with you. A year ago, I wouldn't have. I would have believed he was going to go somewhere like a Denver or a Pittsburgh, people have said, which I think would be kind of fun. But, yeah, I, I totally agree with you uh, that I think that he does come back, and I think it will be with the Packers. Now, whether it's just for one more year again or, or a couple more years, I mean, he's only 37, 38 years old, which seems weird to say in multiple aspects. Um, one, because that is older than us, but not crazy amount older than us, but also Tom Brady's 44. <laughs> But also Tom Brady's 44, and so we're saying it's not that old, but it's nobody, nobody is Tom Brady. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think I mostly agree with that. My second cold read is – shoot, I forgot. Oh, man, Hold on. So I got on it. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, 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 anticipation. No, my second cold read was uh, taking the Saints one job out because when I wrote this cold read, it was – I'm mistaken. Uh, Brian Dable is probably most likely going to get one of these head coaching jobs. Which yep. one do you think he should take? Which one do I think Brian Dable specifically should take? Yes. Which one do you think Brian Dable specifically are like, that's the place that you should go? Um, to, to jump out at the top of right now for, for Dable, in my opinion, it's probably between New York and Miami. I think there is familiarity uh, because I don't remember who just got hired by the Giants that came from the Bills. What was what was his name? Do you have that off the top of your head? Oh, was hired. it the? Is it our assistant GM? Yeah, he got hired as their GM, yeah. so they yeah, could obviously yeah, yeah. kind of continue their working relationship there. Or Dayball going down to Miami, where he was actually he has already worked there, so he he knows the area organization etc but also having some semblance of a former relationship with Tua, I think those things are important. So I necessarily don't think those are the two most appealing jobs from the eight slash nine head coaching positions available. Um, but I do think those are two of the best options for Dayball specifically. Yeah, absolutely. It is it is Joe Schoen. And I, I really, really actually respect this guy. I mean, uh, uh, Brandon Bean has talked glowingly about him. So that would be a nice connection. My answer, by the way, would have been Chicago. I think that you should pick the place that has a clear awesome quarterback and as much as I love Tua and haven't fully given up on Daniel Jones even though I probably should um, I love Justin Fields and I thought he showed a lot of flashes and I think that if you compare Dable up with that again a quarterback that's a dual threat that has a big arm similar to Josh Allen I think he can create similar magic so again I'm pretty I'm 90% confident he's gone which makes me sad but that's what happens when you have good coaches so those are my those are my cold reads there we go. I'm just going to go about one aspect of the game on Sunday night that we didn't talk about that I kind of mentioned the armchair coaches. I want to get your opinion on it because a lot of people are very upset about it. I want to get both your Buffalo Bills fan opinion and then somebody who can just step back and analyze and think about football. Was it a mistake to not squib the kick with 13 seconds instead of kicking it into the end zone? What are your opinions on that one? So my initial reaction was, oh, I wonder why we didn't squib it. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe they put Tyreek Hill back there. And he actually, he actually wasn't back there. It was Pringle, who did actually have a pretty good game. Um, so my initial reaction was, no, you that's fine, right? You don't want them to have the ball closer because Mahomes has a cannon and we've been burned by Hail Marys before. But in reality, the mistake to me isn't the squib. You can dissect all these other things. The mistake to me was the defensive 
calls on the two plays. And I know that I understand that in a lot of ways it, it could have worked, but I think the mistake was they clearly had three timeouts. We knew that you can't go in your prevent defense. I know there's 13 seconds left, but they have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and those are the bang, bang, the two people that made the two plays to put them in position. You have to just play defense. Maybe you put an extra guy back there, right? But they don't need a touchdown. They need a, only a field goal. So maybe, again, you maybe you put Poyer or Hyde a little bit further back just in case, but you just got to play defense and stop them on two or three straight plays. That's my opinion. I don't think it, I think you can go back and and dissect the squib or not the squib, but I just think that I think that you know hindsight is always twenty twenty. But I think that that was the mistake is that you should have marched your defense out there and just played defense. All right, very. I I definitely understand. I actually didn't know about Pringle being back there versus Tyreek Hill on the. Well, everybody was saying, out. "Oh, it was Hill. That's why you don't kick it." But I'm I I rewatched it too many times. I'm pretty sure it was just Pringle back there. So it wasn't like Hill was back. Because if it was Hill, then I would have been like, everybody shut up. I don't want the ball in Tyreek Hill's hands. But then inevitably, you let him have If that was the case, you let him have it in his hands the next play. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't. I, I do. I don't have any problem with the kick because I you just did see Tyreek Hill. He didn't obviously score on the play, but you saw him make some magic on a, on a punt return so i understand being like oh man like these guys can do some things on special teams so i understand just being like don't even let them have it because i'd rather i understand the thinking i'd rather have them go 30 to 50 yards from the 25 than getting to start at the 40 or something if something goes wrong and then having to go 20 so i i I didn't blame them at all for that i do hear what you're saying about the defense in my opinion i would have rather have just rushed three so you had one more extra guy out there that was another point too yeah that was but, another point that but was again made. there there wasn't any time that kansas city burned buffalo deep it was never oh man there was a 60 yard pass right there it was tyreek hill catches it for 12 and then is able just to zigzag through so i understand you're right wanting the you're guys right. back there so i totally i i have no problems with how buffalo called that i understand it and let's be honest, the first play to me was inexcusable. The quick toss to Hill and letting him go for 30. I, again, that's inexcusable. You have to know that they're just going to try to dump it off to him. And to give him 10 free yards on that play is inexcusable to me. But the second one, I don't really know what you can do. I think you probably saw us in the postgame coverage where they went in the huddle and Kelsey was like, I'm not running that route. I don't want to do that. I'm just going to find open space. And Pat... Patrick Mahomes said no, and then you can hear it in uh, when he's at the line of scrimmage. He says, "Kelsey, do it, do it." And so he's just telling him, "Yeah, do what you just said," and he does. He just finds the open hole. He fakes Milano out. Mahomes is able to float it right in the open space, and it's there. And I, that's not—I don't want to say it's indefensible, but when you've got two guys who can just look at each other and say, "Kels, do that," and and they know exactly what it is, that's hard to cover, man. You can't—you know what I mean? But again, the taste that's. Bitter in my mouth is that I want. I believe that had we won the toss, Allen would have gone all the way down. That's the only thing that I'm upset about. Everything else, I get, I can get right. I can understand that. That's the only one thing that bothers me. It's a tough thing, my man. But uh, plenty of teams, plenty of fans have been there, and you will recover. It's going to be a okay. And I will, and I will say one thing before we do friends, fortune, and tidbits. I want to be very clear because there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people giving Allen and Buffalo kudos and credit, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. But Nick Wright, my nemesis, <laughs> went on his show 
And he was like, he was like, this is gonna destroy Buffalo. It's gonna deflate them, and Josh Allen's gonna be gonna gonna fall off the cliff now. The Buffalo Bills are gonna go scorched earth next year, and just watch out. We're coming back. It's gonna be very fascinating. I definitely don't think he's about to fall off the face of the earth. But Buffalo, if they lose one or maybe even both those coordinators, it's going to be fascinating. To yeah, the coordinators is, the coordinators are tough. We'll see how that happens in free agency. But just like say said, that like got... Josh Allen's gonna what throw for like eighteen touchdowns versus ten picks. Like that's not gonna which happen. which is not gonna happen. So regardless. Well, let's get some friends' fortune, man. We've been wrong all postseason. We got to get one, right? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> all right, I will go first. I've got mine. Three, two. All right, folks. So, friends' fortune. I got the Joe Burrow one wrong. I got the the my 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 wild super wild card weekend one wrong, but just a week early because it happened the following week. So, I'm gonna say that every single quarterback in this championship Sunday round is going to have three touchdowns. This could be, you know, three rushing, could be three passing, could be two rushing, one passing, two passing, one rushing. Everybody will have at least three touchdowns. All righty, I'm back. Okay. All right, everybody. I'm going to you ready? say it. <laughs> this worked. Are you ready? Uh, I'm so glad that Are it happened that way. Can you hear Adam, me? Adam, I'm doing my friend's fortune. Stop talking over me. Were we doing them at the same time? All right. So now that I've been so rudely interrupted, everybody, jeez, I'm crow. I'm going to say that the Yak Masters in the AFC Championship game, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, I actually think the defenses are going to bottle these guys down. I don't think those two players in particular are going to go for over 80 yards combined, which means on the very first play, I very well could be wrong. Okay, there we go. Um, so did you start yours when I said already and I came back or were we talking at the same time? No, we weren't talking at the same time. Oh, Actually, okay. <laughs> exactly what I wanted to have happen happened. So it, it worked out pretty well for me. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I just have one tidbit <laughs> real quick. One tidbit. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Bills and Brian Dable and probably losing him. Uh, I think he's a great coach. And I wanted to point out real quick, pardon my take, tweeted this out. Uh, it's a podcast. Um, this is per Dan Graziano of ESPN. It says an example of how the coaches are delivering the mess, d- delivering certain messages. Offensive coordinator Brian Dable, in a meeting early this uh, this offseason in camp, asked every offensive player and coach to stand up. He said, "If you're a coach and you've been fired, sit down." And every coach in the room sat down. Okay, Dayball continued. If you're a player and you've ever been cut or traded, sit down. A large group of players sat down. If you weren't picked in the first round, sit down, Dayball said. And suddenly the only person left standing in the room was Josh Allen. The only other first rounder on Buffalo's offense is Mitch Trubisky, who sat down when he was cut or traded. Josh, Dayball said, how many scholarship offers did you get out of high school? None, Allen replied. All right, Dayball said, let's all remember where we came from. So again, I just I, I think he's a great coach. I think he's learned a lot under Sean McDermott because McDermott's great at those sort of motivational, inspirational things. And I just love that quote. Remember where you came from, right? Take nothing for granted and fight every day to be a better you. And that's why I think he'll be a pretty great head coach. Mm, look at that. I like that. All right. Anything you got, my man? That is all for me, everybody. We are Thanks down for listening. to the final four. Should be pretty wild, guys. Make sure you follow us at Simultaneous Catch on Instagram, at Simult Catch on Twitter, and uh, 
enjoy the weekend, even though it's without the Packers and the Bills. <laughs> God bless. <laughs>